Welcome to The Manly Catholic. In this podcast, we will inspire, challenge, and equip all men to become the men they were created to be. Join us as we journey together to become the best versions of ourselves and strive to change our communities one man at a time. Hello all, welcome to another episode of The Manly Catholic, Father Dom Homily edition and daily readings. I am a bit behind, I do apologize. I was in California for five days with my oldest boy, so I'm getting back in the groove of everything, so I'm a little behind. So this is actually the recording, the daily readings from Corpus Christi, and I actually will have to do the gospel because uh, Father Dom did not record the gospel, so I will do the readings and the gospel. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. A reading from the book of Deuteronomy. Moses said to the people, Remember how for forty years now the Lord your God has directed all your journeying into the desert, so to test you by affliction and find out whether or not it was your intention to keep his commandments. He therefore let you be afflicted with hunger and then fed you with manna, a food unknown to you and your fathers, in order to show you that not by bread alone does one live, but by every word that comes forth from the mouth of the Lord. Do not forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, that place of slavery, who guided you through the vast and terrible desert with its seraph, serpents, and scorpions, its parched and waterless ground, who brought forth water for you from the flinty rock and fed you in the desert with manna, a food unknown to your fathers. The word of the Lord. Psalm 147. The response is, Praise the Lord, Jerusalem. Glorify the Lord, O Jerusalem. Praise your God, O Zion, for he has strengthened the bars of your gates. He has blessed your children within you. Praise the Lord, Jerusalem. He has granted peace in your borders with the best of wheat. He fills you. He sends forth his command to the earth, swiftly runs his word. Praise the Lord, Jerusalem. He has proclaimed his word to Jacob, his statutes and his ordinances to Israel. He has not done thus for any other nation. His ordinances he has not made known to them. Alleluia. Praise the Lord, Jerusalem. A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Brothers and sisters, the cup of blessing that we bless, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not a participation in the body of Christ? Because the loaf of bread is one, we, though many, are one body, for we all partake of the one loaf. The word of the Lord. A reading from the Holy Gospel. According to John, Jesus said to the Jewish crowds, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever, and the bread that I will give is my flesh for the life of the world. The Jews quarreled among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Jesus said to them, Amen, amen, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you do not have life within you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in him. Just as the living Father sent me, and I have life because of the Father, so also the one who feeds on me will have life because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Unlike your ancestors who ate and still died, whoever eats this bread will live forever. The Gospel of the Lord. And now we'll kick it over to Father Dom for his homily. Again, this is from Corpus Christi, Sunday, June 11th. God bless. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Before we 
jump into unpacking these scriptures laid out before us. After Mass today, we have a Corpus Christi Eucharistic procession. So Mass will end just a little bit differently. After the clearing of the altar, the monstrance with the Luna will be set on the altar. Uh, Deacon and I will go back to our chairs, we'll stand, we'll say the final prayer. And then the altar servers, Deacon and myself, will come down to the foot of the altar, incense the monstrance. I will take the monstrance, and then we will process out the doors here. Then we'll make a left, we'll head east. And then there'll be an altar repose underneath the school awning on the far side. Then we'll process around the back of the, church, back of the school and come to the awning here on this side, on the north side. And then there'll be an altar repose where there'll be hymns and prayers and adoration. And then we'll finish the procession around through the parking lot, back here to the south side, back in through the doors. And then we'll end here for benediction. And benediction is where the priest holds the monstrance up and he blesses everyone present with the sign of the cross. Incense is used during that time. And then there's a hymn that's chanted from St. Thomas Aquinas, Tantum Ergo Sacramentum. And today the church gives a plenary indulgence for those who participate in the procession and end with benediction altogether, chanting that Tantum Ergo hymn. So long as the other requirements of a plenary indulgence is, is done, either before or after, confession, receiving of the Eucharist, and then prayers for the Holy Father, usually in Our Father or, 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 or a Hail Mary, prayers for our Pope. Um, so hopefully you can join us today. The reading set before us today, Deuteronomy and then St. Paul and then our very powerful gospel from John are all Eucharistic readings because that's what we celebrate today. The solemnity of Corpus Christi, the solemnity of the body and blood of our Lord and Savior. So if you look at our first reading today, we're reminded of what happened so long ago. Exodus, out of Egypt, from slavery to Pharaoh into the desert, journeying to the promised land. And the reason why this is a Eucharistic reading is because even though we're not enslaved to Pharaoh or we're traveling in the desert or we're heading to the promised land of Israel, that's, that's kind of like what life is right now. It's reminding us of something that happened long ago, right? Slavery, sometimes slavery to our sins. But when they escaped from Pharaoh, that's like our baptism, and then when they enter into the desert, that's like us entering into life. The ups and downs, the trials and tribulations, the light and the darkness, the pain and the suffering and the joys, everything of life in this desert. And as they journey through the desert, they're en route to the promised land. So are we. We are en route to the promised land, which is heaven. The first reading reminds us that when they were in the desert, they were fed by our Lord. They were guided. They were not left alone. They were nourished. They were taken care of so that they could make it to the promised land. So it is with us in the desert of our life. We too are fed something that helps us in our life. The Eucharist, the body, blood, soul, and divinity of God. So that helps us get to the promised land as well, which is our goal is heaven. And the church's goal is the salvation of souls. And so today we get to reflect on the Eucharist quite deeply today. So from our first reading, reminding us that we are fed the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Christ in the desert of our life to help us get to the promised land. We're also reminded in our gospel today that the Eucharist is not a symbol. It's just not a thing. It's just 
not bread, and you receive bread, and that's, that's it. After transubstantiation and consecration has taken place on this altar of sacrifice by the hands of a priest working in persona Christi Capitus de Ecclesia, Jesus Christ, the head of the church, that bread and that wine are transformed into the body and blood, soul and divinity of Jesus Christ. And then when the priest descends the sanctuary and we come and we receive that, you're receiving the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. You're not receiving bread. The church has always taught this. And no matter what our finite minds may think, oh, it tastes like bread, it looks like bread, it truly is his flesh and his blood. It's living. So when you receive the host, when you receive a consecrated host, even if it's the smallest piece, you're receiving all the flesh. And you're receiving all the blood. Don't forget that. When you receive the host, it's not just the flesh. For if it just was the flesh, it would be dead because there's no blood in it. But it's alive. So every single piece of that host you're receiving has the fullness of the flesh, the fullness of all the blood. Every last drop, you're receiving all the blood and God's body, his soul, and divinity. Everything. Wow, what a gift. And the church reminds us of what a gift it is today. And every single mass is a celebration of Corpus Christi. So Jesus says something very peculiar, very troublesome. And there's Jews we hear in our gospel that what? After hearing this, they quarreled amongst themselves because they thought that this man in front of them was saying, you have to be cannibals. And that was a big no-no for Jews back then. They did not eat meat with blood in it at all. That's what the pagans did. They weren't like the pagans. And so here's Jesus, after all the miracles, and all these people following him, he says this, and he doesn't mince words. He's very serious. The Jews quarreled amongst themselves. And if you read further into this beautiful chapter, the Bread of Discourse Life, chapter 6, read the whole thing. You will see that most of the Jews left. A lot of his disciples left. They said, what? This is a hard hearing. This is too hard. So we're going to leave and go back to our normal way of life. We're no longer going to follow you because we can't take this. We don't understand this. This is too scary for us. Did you notice that Jesus, he just lets them leave? And then he turns to his apostles. He doubles down and he says, are you the very 12 that he picked, handpicked, that have been with him for a long time, seen all his miracles, witnessed everything that glorified Jesus as the Messiah? He turns to them and say, are you going to leave too? It's not in this gospel, but again, if you read that chapter, what does Peter say in response to that? Our first pope. To whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. So we must say that as well, too. They didn't leave. They stayed with Jesus, even though many others left. This is not a symbol. This truly, really is present. His body, his blood, his soul, and divinity. And Jesus didn't pull his apostles or tell the disciples who left and or the other Jews, come back, I'm just joking. This is just a parable, like my other parables, the sower with a seed. Jesus is the capstone. The fruit and the branches and the vines, the weeds and the wheat, the sheep and the goats. Let, let me just let me explain to you what I really meant. It's just a symbol. I'm just joking. Come back. Continue to follow me. I don't want to lose you. He doesn't say that. Why? Because this is not a parable. It's the real thing. And we get to receive that. So what is the Eucharist for us today? The Eucharist most plainly is saying, God is saying to you, I love you. I love you. Every single Mass, he's saying, I love you. Enter into this mystery of love with me so I can help you get to heaven. What's your response to that? 
God saying to you, I love you, what's your response? This is not a symbol. In our second reading from St. Paul, what's interesting about this second reading is that St. Paul is in the fullness of the church now. Pentecost has happened. Churches are being built. All the sacraments are there. He's ordaining bishops and priests. He's building the church in pagan territory. He's bringing people into the church to receive baptism and confirmation, reconciliation, the Eucharist. The fullness of all the graces is in the church now because we're in Acts of the Apostles. And St. Paul says what? He says, this bread truly is the flesh. This wine is truly his, his blood. Even St. Paul isn't mincing words because he knows There's a long line of tradition in our saints who uphold that the Eucharist is not a symbol. It truly is the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Christ. I'd like to share just two quotes with you from two powerful saints. The first one is from St. Ignatius, Bishop of Antioch. He's, He's definitely probably my favorite saint. He's on his way to be martyred in Rome. He's a bishop. And on his way, he's writing letters to his churches that he established, to his people, And this is in the year 95 or 105 A.D. So we're looking at 70 years after the death of Christ. St. Ignatius, Bishop of Antioch, who wrote this, was a disciple of St. John the Apostle, who laid his head on the breast of Jesus and who heard the words of of the Bread of Life discourse. So St. Ignatius heard this from John. John got this from Jesus. So we're not too far away from the words of the mouth of Jesus. St. Ignatius says this, Take heed then to have but one Eucharist. They're already using the word Eucharist in 95 AD. For there is one flesh of our Lord Jesus Christ and one cup to show forth the unity of his blood, one altar, as there is one bishop, along with the priests and deacons, my fellow servants. That so whatever so, so whatever so you do, you may do it according to the will of God. This next quote comes from St. Justin Martyr. He wrote this in the year 150 AD. He was in Rome as well, and the emperor called him forth to give an account of the growing Christian people in that area, and he wanted to know how they worshipped. So he called St. Justin Martyr forth to give an account. He did, and the emperor asked that he renounce Christianity and sacrifice to the pagan gods. St. Justin Martyr said, absolutely not. Because of that, he was killed. But before he was killed, he said this to the emperor as he laid forth the mass. He says this most particularly about the liturgy of the Eucharist, which we celebrate today. He says to the emperor, And this food is called among us Eucharistia, or the Eucharist, of which no one is allowed to partake, but the man who believes that the things which we teach are true, so everything that Catholic Church teaches, and who has been washed with the washing that is for the remission of sins and unto regeneration, baptism, confirmation, and who is so living as Christ has enjoined. For not as common bread and common drink do we receive these, but in like manner as Jesus Christ, our Savior, having been made flesh by the word of God, had both flesh and blood for our salvation. So likewise have we been taught that the food which is blessed by the prayer of his word and from which our blood and flesh by transmutation, so transubstantiation, consecration that happens here at the words of the priests, are nourished. Is it is the flesh and blood of that Jesus who was made flesh. That's St. Justin Martyr in his first apologia to the Roman emperor in the year 150 AD. Also, I would like, if, if, if you have time, research Eucharistic miracles. Who's ever looked at Eucharistic miracles before the record? They go all the way back. 
And what makes the Eucharistic miracles that are still happening today around the world so powerful is the advancements of technology now. Take, for instance, the Eucharistic miracles of, of Sokol, Sokolka in Poland that happened in the early 2000s. There was a host that was dropped during communion. The priest picked it up. The proper disposal is that you put it in water, and then a couple a week later, after it dissolved, you pour it down this aquarium in the aquarium in, in the sacristy, which is a pipe that goes to the ground. That's how we dispose of sacred things. Well, what happened is that host had turned to flesh and blood. And they kept it for a number of years. Finally, they had two scientists come and take pieces of it and test it. And they've done this before with the other Eucharistic miracles. And the common denominator is that it truly is flesh and it truly is blood. And all the Eucharistic miracles, there seems to be a lot more blood than flesh. But nonetheless, it's there. And it comes from uh, the heart of a man who has been tortured and about to die. The heart. And that was scientifically proven. And that's what we receive. Today we celebrate a great mystery, one of God entering into us, we entering into him and the body of Christ. And this is part of our salvation. When we receive the Eucharist today, we go into the end of Mass and the priest or the deacon says, go forth, the Mass is ended. In Latin, in the, in the, in the old Mass, it's ita misa est. What really, what, what really translates means go run to the world. Run to the world. A priest told me that the Eucharist is not for my own spiritual fattening. The Eucharist unites us to the body of Christ, and then we go, and then we convert the world. We bring as many people into the Catholic Church as we can so that they too can receive the Eucharist. It should drive us to want to bring this gift to other people and invite them into the church so they too can receive it. We as Catholics, we're supposed to evangelize. We're supposed to change the culture. The Catholic Church is supposed to be in the public sphere. We're supposed to transform the world. Bishop Barron says the Catholic Church is the new Israel in which all people should be part of. So how do you do that? Do you go door to door? Some of us can do that. Pray and fast. There's power in that. If you want to go door to door, that's great. Ask the Holy Spirit to provide you encounters with other people that would give you the strength to begin to evangelize the Catholic faith to other people. That's what the Eucharist is meant to do. One of many things. So today, let us give thanks and joy for the Eucharist and let us ask the Holy Spirit to give us an outpouring that it truly is God's love for us. Today, he's saying, I love you. What's your response? In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Thank you all so much for tuning in to another episode of The Manly Catholic. If you have not already done so, please hit that subscribe button wherever you get your podcast to make sure you don't miss a single episode. It will also help grow the show and reach as many men as possible. We truly think this podcast can change families and help men to change the world. Thank you again so much for tuning in and God bless you.